business, the people, the places, and everything that makes country racing great. This is Bushbeat on Radio Tab. Into the straight, though. Purple Grey took over. Cool attitude. The favourite might be already done for. Now it's starting to pick up the bit. And now it goes to on the outside. It is still Purple Grey. Now Cool Attitude goes. Cool Attitude got through. Grabbed the lead. And Cool Attitude wins. Purple Grey. Then Miss Salida might have got up and just nutted. Yeah, Cool uh, Attitude. Cool, uh, that was at Atherton on Saturday. And that was the Class 4 plate. Jenny Ball, the trainer. Jeff Felix Road. $1.80 officially over Purple Grey, which started $3.00. It was only a field of four runners. Let's say good morning to Rob Luck. How are you, Rob? Yeah, good morning, Steve, and Merry Christmas to you and our uh, listeners. Uh, great to have you back on Bushbeat. And, uh, Steve, uh, great to see the experienced jockeys like Jeff Felix coming out of that meeting with a double. Yep, we had apprentices riding double, Jake Malloy at uh, Gladstone that we're going to hear later in the show and that esque combination of the old and the new uh, completing that program. But, Steve, I thought this morning what better way to get through the program but to bring on board our regular contributors, starting with Peter Rowe this morning to wrap up this Atherton meeting where that win of cool attitude I thought was impressive. And uh, Jeff Felix, I think he had a lucky double with uh, Emily Cass maybe uh, not being available for the early part of the meeting. And then, of course, we're going to be talking to Tony McMahon and Paul Dolan as our regular contributors and we've got Peter on the line. Good morning to you, Peter. Merry Christmas to you and the family and everyone in Far North Queensland. And it was a nice little meeting at Atherton that uh, you could wrap up for us this morning. Yeah, morning, Rob. Morning, Steve. And uh, Merry Christmas to all the viewers. It was it was the uh, annual Atherton Christmas party race day and the crowd rolling thick and fast and it was a really good day of racing. Um, only small fields, which was a bit disappointing to see, but nonetheless, uh, the results were there. A few favourites and... A few ruffies got up, which was good. That cool attitude when Peter, this Longhorn mare, in good form. There's a bit, a few form lines, I thought, for this particular galloper. Now with two wins and three placings, it's the last five. And as we heard in the call, it, it took a little bit of, bit of time to get the upper hand, but it's really continuing in good form, this uh, particular mare. Yeah, she um, she's a very consistent mare. Jenny and Tommy Ball do a good job with her. Um Emily Cass unable to make it on course. There was a, a bit of a tragic accident up here, and Emily was stuck in traffic. And um, by the time she got there, they were already at the gates for that race. So um, Jeffrey Felix picked up a double, and she um, she controlled the race really. Jeff jumped, led um, Purple Grey headed her on the turn, but Jeffrey knew what he had underneath him, and um, she kicked away to a pretty impressive win. Yeah, that Jeffrey Felix double, uh, a race-to-race double, and yet a Northwest Invader for George Tipping came all the way with Warren Bungle. Now, we've been commenting on this horse in the Northwest because he's won four of his last five and three in the Northwest, but uh, he came at, came out at decent odds and uh, won convincingly. Yeah, never went around a horse. It was a Jay Felix special. Uh, <laughs> run up at speed early, back from, I think it was a mile at Mackay's last start. And Jeff just sat at the back, smoked his pipe, and they went really quick. And, yeah, stuck to the fence. It was the shortest way home, and he was pretty happy with himself. He beat uh, young jockey, Dool. I'm not sure if it's young, Denisha Smith. What can you tell us about Denisha Smith, who rode the second place get a better than silver? Yeah, he's a South African-born jockey, Denisha. He's just moved over to um, Queensland and moved up to Queensland from Victoria. And he's based in Townsville, doing a lot of riding for Carl Spry. So... Um, he's kicked home a few winners since moving north and 
he gave um, both his horses, oh, he rode a few trustable and um, better than silver, gave him every possible chance and just went good enough on the day. But um, he looked home on better than silver at kick clear and Charlie gave a bit of a cooey and then Jeffrey sport the party up the fence. Well, it didn't take long, Charlie, to, uh, to come back into the winner's circle as we looked at the uh, Class B result there. And, of course, with Wanderson, that combination, taking out the Class B with the Wicked Style Mare, supposedly wicked. Yeah, it was a good win, actually. Um, it was too good for them. It was a little bit of a worry behind the gate, supposedly. Wicked bunged on a turn, and I thought at one stage it was going to go up and over on Wanderson, but the, the barrier boys and girls did a good job. Um, it, it raced away. There was a good speed in that race. Scotty Slater ran them along, and um, Wanderson just sat off them and produced the goods when he needed to. Yeah, getting up over pass ready and Philly Slater. And uh, the winner of the first race, Pete, Northern Great, this Sidirius, he's been ultra consistent because he had seven minor placings from seven, well, 17 runs now, but this was his first win, so a deserved winner in the first four, Steph Horner and Rachel Shred. Yeah, he, he's been the most consistent maiden in North Queensland. He's been beaten by some good horses. Um, Clever Hunter, Derulo, some of the better three-year-olds of, or two-year-olds of their season. And um, he's starting to slowly develop into a nice horse. And Rachel just set off the speed. It was a very smart ride. Um, a couple of the roughies in the field went helter-skelter out in front. And she just bite at a time and got into the outside of in honesty, it was a very soft win. He raced away and she sat up in the last 100 metres. And it won like it should have. It won like it showed plenty of promise previously. And I think it'll go on with it now that it's got a bit of confidence. Talking about a soft win, the final event on the program where Emily Cass did, didn't go home empty-handed and for relatively new trainer Darby Amos, I think it might be Darby's second winner now, Pete, but Flash Fox, there's the margin, 12.25 lengths, a uh, convincing winner in the Class B. Yeah, I thought it would start favourite. I scratched my follow off on the right morning of the races and I thought Flash Fox was the best bet of the day. She's just a very consistent mare again without winning. I think that was actually her maiden win. Um, and she just controlled it out in front and uh, Emily didn't move on her. Gave her a couple of slaps down the shoulder. You can see her take a big picky beak over her shoulder and it was, it was well clear. It was yeah, a very impressive win. Admittedly, it wasn't the strongest field, um, but I think now the same thing, it's got a bit of confidence up its sleeve. I think it can win a couple more in the bush. Yeah, when you win by 12 lengths, uh, there's got to be some potential there, and hopefully you've got a, a little bit of extra Christmas money out of that uh, best bet of the day for you uh, in the final event there at Atherton, Pete. Yeah, I was honestly surprised she wasn't the favourite. I, I thought on its form, once I scratched, I thought it would definitely be the hardest to beat, but... The punters got three dollars, so they would have been happy. Yeah, um, and just going back to Cairns last Tuesday, there was a couple of winners in there. I thought uh, you'd probably like to comment on this morning. Aspen Lad and Modernism both sort of stood out from what I saw in the results. Yeah, um, Aspen Lad, um, Nat Summers, and Daryl Johnson do a fantastic job with this horse, and it was good to see him bounce back to form. He was a bit disappointing first up, but I read in the Stewards report he choked down, and they added the tongue tie and. They took it to him. They they made him work for it, and he um he was too good in the end. And modernism, she's just getting better and better with every run. Um, I called that race, and at the crossing, Juddy was absolutely scrubbing the ears off her. And I thought, oh, today's the day she's going to get rolled. And Regan kicked clear, and she had to work really hard to get there. And the last hundred metres, once she got to Regan, it was a bit of an arrogant win. He sat up, and she picked her ears, and knew she'd done her job. 
Yeah, when they dig deep like that and uh, show the determination to win, it's usually a very good sign. And uh, Peter, the, the Mareeba meeting, is that wrapping up the uh, calendar year for you guys up there in the far north on the 26th? It is, yeah. The, uh, yeah, the Boxing Day meeting, it's a traditional one up at Mareeba. And again, it'll the crowd, I think, they're limited to numbers and I think they're nearly booked out. And it'll be a hot day, don't get me wrong. Mareeba will be stinking hot, but they usually get a good crowd and the beers are always cold, so that's the main thing. And, of course, the nomination's already out for that meeting with, I think, a pretty early close on the Monday. Yes, they're out. There's, again, not overly big field, but it'll be a competitive day of racing. Uh, it's been great to have you on Bushbeat all year, Peter. Uh, of course, there's been a couple of standouts, I'm sure, your standouts for far north Queensland and north Queensland. I'm sure there's going to be two horse names you're going to mention here shortly. Yeah, most definitely. Penny Agua and the Herodian, they've just... Yep taken everything with the storm. I was down there to watch Penny Agua's last start when he went around and he, he didn't win, but he did a proud still up in listed company and I think he's got a very bright future ahead. And the Herobian, I think he races um, Saturday um, in possibly the Burnborough, I think. Yeah, in the Burnborough plate. He looks he looks beautifully placed given the weight conditions. It's a plate. It's not a... used to be a handicap and then a quality. So he, he looks pitchforked into... He'll be a hot favourite again, I would think, the Herobian on the weekend. Yeah, most definitely. I think I think he's more than good enough to be in there. I possibly would say it's his strongest race he's been up against, but you just don't see horses with the will to win like he got. He's gotten when it's a dog fight. I know which horse I'd like to be on, and um, yeah, good luck to Tom and Steve and the team, and now obviously Toby and Trent down the, uh, the Gold Coast. And Pete, it's not beyond the realms of possibility given his popularity, the All Star Miles at Mooney Valley next year, and certainly they're seriously considering that. Ah. Oh, I would I would put him as competitive in any race you throw him in because as I said, you've got good horses and then you've got good horses that love to win and he's one of them. He just doesn't like getting beaten. He shouldn't have won some of the races he's won since coming this this way, but his ability and will to win was what got him through. So I I think he'll be very hard to beat. I'll tell you what I wouldn't wouldn't rule Penny Agra out of some big races next preparation now that he's down there and back up against the big guys. I think he's a very challenged horse. Yeah, summed up beautifully, Peter. And uh, it's not only the far north and north Queensland that are behind him. He's, uh, they're both being followed right across country Queensland. And uh, it's great to see the results that are flowing through to the Massingham and the um, Leaf Stables with their campaigns. Thanks again for being on this morning. And uh, look, if you're not doing anything on Boxing Day or if you're having a quiet recovery, uh, we may need to check in again for that, uh, for that meeting at Mareeba if you are available because I know I'll be on the road travelling on that day, but I'm sure I'll pull off somewhere to talk uh, on Bushbeat. But if you are available, Peter, love to have you back uh, next Tuesday. No worries. I'll be there. I'm going to Marie where I've got a couple of runners in, so I'll, uh, I'll be there all day. Thanks for your time, Peter. Peter Rowe joining us this morning on Bushbeat. Leaders are one to catch. It's Morata into the stretch. Can Fab's Cowboy reel him in? We'll soon find out. Morata's out by about three or four links from Fab's Cowboy. He's trying his heart out. And then the next one back in the field then was Cash Bundle. Morata's well clear. Fab's Cowboy's trying ever so hard. But Morata's got too many guns and too big a weight advantage. And Morata wins the cup second. A very courageous Fab's Cowboy third. Coming in was frozen, made up ground. Yeah, Morata, he's absolutely flying. Robbie, that was a hat-trick of wins at different tracks. All Gimpy, Bundaberg, Gladstone was favourite uh, all three times. And he's now won nine from 52 for Barry Gill. Yeah, Steve, the Iron Jack Gladstone Cup Open winner. And, of course, he... He got up and beat Fab's Cowboy. He was undefeated on that track. He's now had seven uh, wins in one second from eight Fab's Cowboy. But Murata, interestingly, having his first run on the track, but he's a great sand track galloper. And we welcome on board... 
Tony McMahon. Uh, great to have you back, Tony, and uh, great to hear that call of Maratta, Barry Gill, and Matty Gray. This jockey has been everywhere all year, and he's riding extremely well. Uh, Maratta, too strong of the day, but Fab's Cowboy, uh, not disgraced, Tony, in that run. Yeah, thank you very much, Rob. Uh, yeah, he tried his heart out, like I said, in the call. Weight stops trains. He carried 61.5 kilos. The other horse, Maratta, carried 55. And, of course, many years... Uh, Younger than uh, old Fab's Cowboy, but uh, in a very game performance and a wonderful racehorse. He'll be having his 100th start at his next uh, start. As you know, better than me, he's won 40 races. So he'd probably be the most prolific race winner in racing in Australia today. I think that's safe to say without any doubt. Yeah, credit to Billy Johnson and the team to keep the old Marvel going, the country champ. But no uh, no doubting the form of Murata and Barry Gill got this galloper going extremely well. I found it interesting, Tony, that he, it's his first run on that sand track, but he, he really adepts, he's really adept on sand surfaces, and he's won his last three of them all on sand. Yeah, he's a real sand scratcher. He, he went straight, virtually straight to the lead, uh, around the back with about uh, 700 metres to go, young uh, Jake Malloy. Realised that the horse was going so well in front on Murata. He made his move on Fab's Cowboy, but uh, Murata just kept kicking and, and running away in the end to be quite truthful. He was never in any danger. And as you say, Matthew Gray, he's been a name that's come through in 2020 on the on the country circuit, goes anywhere, and rode this horse particularly well. Talking of Jake Malloy and uh, Billy Johnson, I'm going to take you all over the place, Tony. I know you can keep up with me. <laughs> but they had a great double, starting with Buwan in the Class B, and then they wrapped it up with a, a, a galloper. I reckon you're going to comment pretty highly on in best guess but uh, looking firstly at the class b with buan take us through that win another equiano rides, by the way yeah he rides very well this boy uh, jake malloy weight's going to be his problem he can't ride under 55.5 kilos he traces back in in the the pedigree lines to a wonderful jockey from new south wales called matey malloy he was legendary he was up to a city standard he won a, 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 a Zoom in 10,000 for memory on Persian Puzzle, and he definitely won a River uh, Hotham Handicap in Flemington on River Seine. And uh, Jake's mother is uh, Leanne Henry, and her fa- his father, at least, was a jockey as well. He rides particularly well. He was a champion boxer, and he's pretty courageous because on view, view one, he went for a run between two runners with about uh, 100 metres to go, shot through, and uh, that was the difference between winning and being beaten. So view one won very, very well. Beat a horse called Dirt Rich, who Matthew Greater comes from uh, Bluff, and Miss Nasty, one of the lead Wanless's horses from uh, down around Gimpy, was third. But no, particularly good ride. You talk about Bevan Johnson, he must be a workaholic. One thing I always notice about his horses, they all they always look so well. They've always got a shiny coat, they parade well, they behave themselves. I don't think he ever sleeps this man. He's got a massive team of horses, and I believe he's now moved from Boulder come out to Captain uh, But He deserves every win he gets. The other fellow you spoke about was uh, Best Guest in this race. This was the uh, Gladstone Newmarket Handicap. And Best Guest beat his stablemate Neuron. And he, he was just too good, too. Another very good ride from um, Jake Malloy. Uh, shot clear. Neuron was never going to bring him in. And the third horse, JJ, he was backing up from racing at Rockhampton the day before. He got beaten 3.5 lengths. But uh, full on is the Best Guest. And he's a very capable horse. He's won many, many races and lots and lots of prize money. And there's plenty more coming ahead for him. Yeah, and uh, you mentioned Lee Wanless with the placing, but he combined with young Alicia Ross, who's bounced back in winning form since resuming in the saddle with the spill the beans. And I know you commented in the call, one of your calls, that they're winning everywhere. The champagne spirit took out the maiden plate. Yeah, um, Lee Wanless, he's a character, I like him. Um, champagne spirit, it was just uh, too good for him. Started at $5. A, a, a spill the beans, there's not too much you can say about the race. It wasn't endowed with... Uh, 
a lot of top, uh, probably class horses of the future, beat the Settlin Sage and, and Bagger Twisties. But Lee puts a, a lot of time and effort into his horses. He carries them all, or doesn't carry them, but he runs them all around the place. And I always like to see him win because he's a prolific buyer of yearlings at the uh, Magic Millions March Yearlings. So I can tell you a story here uh, about Lee Wallace. Um, many years ago, probably about six uh, times away, eight years ago now, Lee was a... The Wallace family is synonymous with harness racing. I was at the Magic Millions March sales, and they wanted to buy one horse. It was by Master Assassin, and it came from the family of Burwood Stud. And the folk up there are, are trotting people, and I knew Lee would be interested because he always bought horses from Burwood Stud. So I went to him in, in the crowd that day at the Magic Millions, and I said, uh, are you looking at this horse by uh, Master Assassin? He said, uh, yes, I am, Tony. I said, do me one favour. This is the one I want to buy. Don't bid on it. He kept his word. He never bid. He picked the horse up for $5,000, and it turned out to be an MCL Corday, who uh, won a Rocky Cup in 10 other races. So I've never forgotten Lee for that. Uh, but, uh, he said to me at the time, well, you did me a favour once or twice when I was in Rockhampton. So uh, as far as I'm concerned, he's a top-class guy. And I bet there was one trainer on the day that handed out a winning tip, and that would be Alan Clark with Centaur. And this horse has been pretty impressive. He's had his run spaced because he ran at Longreach with a third on Cup Day and 26th of September, and then a month later, second at Thangool, and almost a month later again, Bob's up at Gladstone with a very strong win. I reckon Alan Clark would have been tipping that as a winner on the day. Alan Clark is one of those rare, rare commodities in racing these days. He's a character. There's not too many of them left. I was uh, driving down from Rockhampton to Gladstone to call the races, and I saw in the background, uh, oh, I suppose about 500 metres behind me, this horse float. I immediately identified it as Alan Clark's. I was, uh, you know, I was probably close to the speed limit. We came to one of those areas where uh, we've got two lanes, and next minute this float went past me, and I thought, my God, what is that? It was Alan Clark. When I got to the track, the first person I'd bumped into was Alan Clark, and I said, your horses are special. And the person said, what do you, what do you mean? What do you, how do you know that? And I said, if it goes as fast as your horse floats, it's just going to win. And I even threw that into the call. But now he's a true character. He hastened to tell me he wasn't driving the float. Yeah. Uh, Centaur, too good for them. And, of course, Alan had his trademark big smile as uh, Centaur was taken to the swab store. He ridden by Sonia Wiseman. Sonia leaves our area, I believe, next week after the 29th of um, December, moving to Adelaide. Uh, okay. And her, she's been here for over a year and had quite a good deal of success. Uh, the second was my certain, Bob Murray, the trainer. Old Jack Murray, I shouldn't say old Jack Murray. Jack Murray, the squire, he was there. He's one of the uh, marvels of the Queensland racing industry. And third was Barbican. Yeah, but a good win to Alan. Uh, he didn't have much, didn't have a similar success in the next race, which was a cleverly named horse. That was a race, Utah one. Uh, Alan had a horse called Tinder, T-I-N-D-E-R. And of course, that's associated with the, uh, I suppose, the dating side or the matchmaking side. And Tinder is by Love Conquers All. Some cleverly named uh, work there by the Clark Stable. Uh, Tony, it's been great as always to have you on and uh, all through the year your support with your reporting. Any other key uh, feature that you'd just like to comment before we head off to Esk and Paul Dolan this morning? Well, I think uh, you're talking about horses in various areas who've, uh, who've really hit their, their mark in, in this uh, calendar year. Well, there's no doubt that uh, Master Jamie is one of those. He's another cheap buy from a Magic Millions March sale. Uh, he's a horse who's just got an outstanding fighting uh, spirit and never gives in. And I knew the other day when Stamp went up to him that uh, he wouldn't get past Master Jamie when he won the, the gateway. And the other one I think is one of the best uh, two-year-olds we've seen up here for a long, long time. A horse called Sweet Dolly. Bought for $1,500 at a Magic Million Weanling sale and $400,000 offer was rejected last week. He's now gone for a spell. 
her win the other day had to be seen to be believed when she uh, took pride at the centre four board, ducked out, and still won with something in hand from the horses up in the high markets to the Magic Millions. So I think she's going to be, you know, if all things are equal, Sweet Dog is going to be exceptional. Yeah. Uh, stand out. yeah, Tony, it's Steve. Just uh, interesting with Sonia Wiseman. Do you know what stable she may link up with in South Australia? Of course, Zoe White um, moved from central Queensland only there re- a few months ago, didn't she? She did. Uh, I see Zoe. I, I don't think Zoe's had uh, any success at this stage. She's been mainly riding at the provincial meeting. No, I don't, Steve. Originally, they, uh, uh, Sonia is engaged to, I think the gentleman's name is Tommy Logan, who is a, a hurdle rider. Oh, yes. Uh, Quite a competent one too. Originally they were they met up in Darwin. Originally they were going to Melbourne, but uh, she told me about well, about a month ago or six weeks ago they were going to Adelaide. They were they were to leave after the country championships, but uh, they put that off now up till after the 29th of December. But I don't know what stable she's going to be now. Okay, sorry, Rob. No, you're right, Steve. I was, um, I was just thinking of Zoe White when he uh, mentioned that, when you mentioned that, Tony. But, uh, Tony, Merry Christmas to you and Jean and the family. I'm sure you'll have a, a wonderful time over the Christmas uh, break. And uh, we'll be back with uh, you, I'm sure, in the new year, commenting on uh, all the good country racing. And as you said, great to see the strength of the provincial and country horses uh, coming through. And, again, thanks for being on this morning. Well, it's been a pleasure, Rob, and to you, Steve, and all your listeners. Uh, a Merry Christmas and, uh, and take care. Thanks, Tony. Tony McMahon joining us uh, on this Tuesday morning on uh, Bushbeat. Of course, Rob Luck, Paul Dolan, and Paul Dolan's about to join us. The winners, the people, the places, and everything that makes country racing great. This is Bushbeat. You're never retired, Rob, are you, when you're a race caller? <laughs> uh, Paul Dolan, I... I... I asked a silly question uh, when I emailed Paul on the weekend. Did he call a desk? Because I know it's one of his favourite tra- tracks. And, yes, he did call a desk. And the key things he'll be reporting on this morning, now, now that Tony Clements is on holiday, Steve, and Tony was the keeper of the series with the Burnett de Valley, but Paul's all over it. He's got all the results there. But also the stories coming out about these young jockeys like Zach Lloyd and Angela Jones combining... Uh, or featuring with wins as well as uh, really experienced jockeys like Ronnie Golds. Good morning to you, Paul. Uh, take us through this, Burnett, to the Valley Series and the key results coming out of S this morning. G'day, Rob, Stephen. Good morning, all. Yes, um, it's a series which has run at five tracks in southeast Queensland. Um, four of the tracks are in what we call the Burnett, the North and South Burnett, uh, namely Idesville, Cumbia, Mount, uh, Nanango and Mount Perry. And then the fifth race in the series is at uh, Esk, which is in the Brisbane Valley. That's why it's called the Burnett to the Valley. There's no actual final. It's uh, The winners are determined on a points basis over races at those five tracks. And the, uh, the Esk meeting there on Saturday concluded that. And we ended up uh, with a winner in each category, obviously. Now, for the, um, the horse, uh, the leading horse... A $3,000 cash prize was uh, was up for grabs, and Wild Element, owned and trained by Cherie Vick from Gympie, took that out with five points. The um, leading trainer for $1,500 was clearly David Reynolds from Dolby. Dave actually ended up with 11 points, more than double his nearest rivals. But the jockey was an interesting one for $500 cash prize. Um, three jockeys ended up on four points, um, and the rules state if there's a... Um, a tie, it's a count back on the number of wins. Well, Garish Gamuni had two seconds for four points, so that ruled him out. Um, Leanne McCoy had four points via place getters, and Hannah Richardson, who rode the winner at Escon Saturday, run pen run, she picked up three points for her win, so it went right down to the wire, and Hannah Richardson 
got over the line because of the fact that she'd ridden a winner in the series, whereas the others had a, a you know multiple placings. So congratulations to Cherie Vick with Wild Element, Dave Reynolds, who's based at Dolby as the leading trainer, and Hannah Richardson, who's uh, over in Nanango Way. Nanango Way, she uh, was the leading jockey. Yeah, Paul, you might start with that, burn it to the uh, Valley Benchmark 60 handicap with that uh, determining those winners. And it was uh, run, Pam, run for Dave Reynolds and Hannah Richardson combining with this Sepoy mare. Yeah, Dave uh, publicly announced that, uh, let know that he's uh, keen on this uh, this idea, obviously, because there's that money to be won. And um, he, he, he targeted those races. He's based at Dolby, but he'd you know, done the long trek to Eidsvold and Mount Perry, etc. And he had four runners four of the 12 runners in the ESC final mm. there on Saturday, so he was always going to be hard to beat, you would imagine. And uh, Run Fam Run did the job, ridden by Hannah Richardson, started from Barrier 1, raced on the pace most of the way, beat Just Fabulous, and in third placing was another of Dave Reynolds' Queen of Main Street. Run Pam Run, one of four mares to win on the five-race card there at ESC on Saturday. And you were very keen to see young Zach Lloyd, I believe, uh, riding at the meeting and uh, particularly uh, important that Dad Jeff was on hand and uh, willing to help out other jockeys. Uh, Zach taking the win on Wild Child for Lindsay Hatch in the first of Falvalon three-year-old filly in the Class B. Yeah, Pat and Margie Moffat, uh, Class B handicap. Well, Zach is as well documented, as you point out, as the son of Jeff Lloyd. Jeff was there, and, and he uh, accepted an invitation to spend some time in the jockey's room during the afternoon, answering questions, giving advice, and, uh, uh, you know, the, the, not only his son, but um, uh, he would have had plenty of advice from his dad already. Uh, but the other jockeys certainly appreciated, uh, you know, the depth of uh, knowledge that Jeff's got to, 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 to do that. And Zach um, won the first race, as you say, on um, Wild Child, trained by Lindsay Hatch in Toowoomba. Zach has only been riding for a few weeks and his tally of wins now is three, uh, three wins from 18 mounts and obviously the sky's the limit from here. Yeah, it was a close finish with only a, a nose or so, but uh, those apprentice jockeys continued to the fore with Angela Jones, who's making a name for herself, uh, combining with Mark Curry in the cutest maiden plate with awesome power, a hidden dragon. Good to see these Queensland bred horses, Paul, kick, uh, kicking home wins. Well, the track there was a soft five on uh, Saturday, Rob. Um, there'd been rain, significant rain early in the week, and then it was a fine week. They got another eight mils on Friday night, tipping it into the soft five. And the Hidden Dragons are just about the best wet trackers around. So a bit of give in the ground, obviously suited awesome power. Went straight to the front from Barrier 9 in the field of 12. I spotted Angela Jones ride a winner at uh, Warra the previous Saturday, and by gee, she uh, she impressed there. And better judges than me are saying that she's uh, she's one who's going to go right through, maybe be a, a Tegan Harrison or something like that. There's you know big, big ask, but she's doing everything right at this stage. In fact, Rob, from 39 rides, she's ridden 13 winners, a one in three strike rate. I mean, your Darren Gouchies and your Zach Pertons of the world wouldn't have had a better strike rate than that early in their career, I wouldn't think. I know it's in the bush, but. Um, you know, Angela Jones is um, is doing everything right and uh, awesome power travelled beautifully for her. Yeah, already down to that three kilo claim. But the experienced uh, guys bounced back in the final two races, Paul, with uh, Ronnie Goltz. And I've got to ask you about Chris Me, and I don't know too much detail about the jockey in the last, but just take us through those couple of wins. Yeah, well, we, we mentioned the Burnett race won by um, Hannah Richardson. Yeah, Ronnie Goltz. Ron, I'm sure he won't mind me telling his age. He's either 57 or 58. He's been around for a hell of a long time. And um, booted home Graziano for Kieran Kerwin, who's based at Clifton out on the uh, Darling Downs. Now, Ronnie Goltz, um, back, back in 2017, had a, an operation on each knee. Uh, he was out for 14 months, and then later he had another six months out. It might have been just before that. Oh, sorry, eight months out with a 
wrist problem. His wrist was absolutely full of arthritis, and he got that attended to. So he's bounced back from two significant layoffs, and he, of course, still very competitive at uh, Toowoomba and uh, the various TAB tracks. So, um, yeah, Ronnie won on, on, on Graziano in race four. And then the last race, the 1750-metre race, was won by Abba Lady. This guy, Chris Meehan, if we had half an hour, and I reckon this is an interview for Steve to get onto. Um, Chris Meehan is from Ireland, Northern Ireland, actually. Uh, he's only been here in Australia a short time. He's had five rides, in fact, for two wins. He, he won a race at Nanango a couple of weeks ago. Then he won the uh, the last race there on Saturday at Esk. But he's from Northern Ireland, and he's a bit like John Allen down south, a jumps jockey and a flats jockey. And uh, in 2016, you'd you think I'm telling you this is an Irish joke, but it's not. Uh, in 2016, he was riding in a hurdle race in Italy, and he had a fall. A horse whacked him in the face, broke his nose, and it looked like he had a broken jaw. Anyway, down he went. Um, he was on the track waiting to be treated, and the ambulance turned up and then proceeded to, to, to um, crush one of his legs. The ambulance reversed onto one of his legs, and, and he, he had a broken leg. So, uh, as I say, you, you'd think it's an Irish joke, but... Uh, Sounds like something that would happen to Les Boots. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and Chris, Chris Meehan said uh, the, the irony of it all was in Northern Ireland, where he comes from, a member of his family actually works for the ambulance service and, and part of his job is training people what to do. <laughs> so anyway, Chris Meehan is a, a fellow who's come out here with his wife, I understand, and um, rode the last winner there at X. So I think he'll be in action at the TAB tracks um, sooner than later. Do you know where he's based, Paul? I don't, mate. No, I don't. Um, by the way, give credit in the last race to James Hepworth. He trained the winner, mm. Abilady, from Bodesert, the only non-Darling Downs winner all day. No, by the time everybody tidied up and showered up and all that, I, I didn't get a chance to catch up with Chris, but I, uh, I did find out that story subsequently. Well, as uh, Steve said, there's no such thing as a retired race caller. Um, Paul, where are you headed to in the new year? Um, my next gig will be that the, there's a non-tab meeting at Kilcoy on Australia Day, the day where they're running the, mm. the, the the stall gift of the North, the foot race as well. So that'll be my next gig. I just do a handful of non-TAB meetings, stay with the, the clubs which were very kind to me back in the 70s when I was trying to get a break, and uh, certainly Esk and Kilcoy uh, fit that category. In fact, Kilcoy next week, um, they've got a trotting meeting on the grass on Monday. Monday the um, 28th, and then they've got a Gallops meeting on New Year's Eve on Thursday the 31st. So uh, I'll be attending those yeah. in my capacity as a, you know, a committeeman, but my next calling yeah. duty will be uh, the non-tab at, uh, on Australia Day there. Paul, something I suggested recently, I reckon they should do it as a promotion during the Winter Carnival in Brisbane, whether it be at Doom and a Regal Farm, you know, to coincide with harness racing at Albion Park, the features there, like we only had the Blacks of Fake recently, is have a harness event on that punters can bet on between the races. Surely it wouldn't be that hard on the grass on one of the big race days? Mate, it works very well at Kilcoy, Steve. We have, I think it's two, uh, when I say we, the club has, uh, I think it's two standalone harness meetings and, and one combined with the Gallops. And people love it. I mean, it's different. It's different. And, and yeah, it might get a few I, people I, I, interested in harness racing. You just you, never know. Yeah, that, that too, yeah. You could have a, you know, I mean, it'd be quite a spectacle at, say, Eagle Farm or, or Calandra or, or Doomben or um, Gold Coast for that matter. Yeah, I reckon it's a great idea, yeah. Yeah, Kilcoy is a very progressive club, uh, uh, Paul, isn't it? And uh, all the best to them for that meeting. It's one of the feature meetings you look forward to on the circuit. Uh, great to have you on again uh, this morning, Paul, and uh, we'll be hearing from you down the track next year with those results from uh, Kilcoy. Merry Christmas to you and family. And, Thanks a lot, uh, Rob. As I said, great to have you on this morning.
Just one thing, on ESC, um, yep. uh, they have three non-TAB meetings a year. The next one's on the 27th of March, and March next year is when the race dates, it sounds a long way away, but it's not. The, the 2021-2022 race dates would be put in, put out by Racing Queensland, and ESC have been knocking on the door saying, hey, how about us? We can have some TAB meetings here, surely. And uh, Graham Lynch and his gang produce a wonderful track there. So uh, that's uh, perhaps a project in motion as well. Yeah, there's more of the TAB meetings heading to the country areas, and I'm sure it's something that uh, Racing Queensland will continue to build. Um, as I said, Paul, great to have you on this morning, and uh, we'll look forward to uh, following that career of Zach Lloyd and Angela Jones that you reported on this morning. Thanks, guys, and a Merry Christmas to all. Thank you, Paul. And that's something that David Fowler touched on on Monday's press room program, Rob, is about the race dates as a lot of a talking point. You know, I think we're going to see more metros um, on a Thursday and a lot more, you know, Central North Queensland meetings on, on a Wednesday, uh, particularly in 2021. Yeah, it's always good when that program gets sorted out and put in place. And um, the fact that we're moving all the time towards more TAB meetings, whether it be provincial or country, is just a bonus for the industry. And, Steve, you've got to say, Racing Queensland, you've got to congratulate them for all their work all year. I mean, there's been some great features, but none more than the fact we continue to race uh, through the efforts of Racing Queensland's and the various country clubs. Uh, it was great to see, and uh, great to see those highlights continuing with the Stampede and the Country Cups and, of course, the emergence of Penny Agura and the Aravian. A little bit disappointing for us out, out our way. We had a, 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 our little superstars out here with deadly choices, and uh, Balenti couldn't quite get to the final through injuries. But they'll, be, they'll bounce back um, next year, and we look forward to some really great country racing. And, of course, there's not much of country racing, is there, next week with the... Uh, the only meetings being uh, Taroom, the left-handed track, and Mariba. Steve, you'll catch me on the road uh, next week. I'm sure I'll be able to pull over somewhere to talk there as, as well with uh, Peter Rowe covering those meetings and anything else with the country racing. All those nominations are out. And just, uh, listeners, remember the On The Bit Queensland Country Racing Gala Awards are on 6th of February, and the tickets are available through the Facebook or website. And the Western Gateway Motel is the uh, preferred venue uh, of accommodation for that particular weekend. They're a great supporter of this event, and Matty Peters and Christy Peters have got everything rolling along well there. So uh, just go on their Facebook site, and we really appreciate them. You can listen to the replay, the, uh, replay of um, Bushbeat through our friends at On The Bet Racing Australia. And that wraps up the country circuit for this week again, Steve. Great to have you back on. Yeah, thank you, Rob. Appreciate it.